wafting across the pastoral vistas of the new basement studios by the lake, this is the Atlantic Voice Podcast, 3,000 Miles of Opinion. This is Atlantic Voice Podcast, I'm Zeph. And I'm Eric. Down in the new basement studios by the lake. Uh, it is Thanksgiving weekend Sunday, and so we are podcasting to avoid desperately trying to get back to wherever we live because traffic out there is a nightmare. <laughs> I just to avoid it. Well, we are back where we live. When we, that's we, what I'm saying. So okay. we're podcasting rather than on our way back. Oh, I see. From, yes, from it, Grandma's house. Did it early. Yeah. Well, you yes. st- you stayed put, right? I well, mean, there we, you go. We, we just came back so from, I mean, that's uh, an easy from Long Island. So uh, yesterday, which was. It was normal level unpleasant, but okay. not, not well, saying, It but was interesting the route that it, you know sometimes ways you know use ways as the GPS takes different routes, and yesterday turned out to be a uh, stadium tour route because it dro- I drove past City Field, the Mets ballpark, okay, Yankee Stadium, oh so it took you through the Bronx, ballpark, okay, and then down past Giant Stadium past and Meadowlands. Yeah. So that was just on one in the first hour and a half. But I passed you, all three venues. Did you hit? I'm not going to count anything in Philadelphia because that would be an extra to go yeah. 95 because you can see whatever wherever they play. I was going to say the vet, but it's not the vet, obviously. Yeah, yeah. You can see Philadelphia Stadium and the Ravens from 95. That's true. Well, you so see depends the, you what, can see the Philly Stadium? I have no you idea. You can take the Philly Stadium. If you're on 95, if you're on 95 instead of the Jersey Turnpike. Instead of the Jersey Turnpike, uh, yes. No, no, we're on the Jersey Turnpike. Um, but we did. I hadn't thought about the uh, – we, we did for sure pass the Ravens Stadium because that's you always do that coming through Baltimore. Well, it depends what, well, depends what tunnel that, you take. Maybe I did take the, the side tunnel. See, we yeah, always so. – whenever we have traveled on the East Coast route, we always take – the Harbor Tunnel. Yeah. There's two tunnels. Yeah, yeah. We always take the, the more southern one. Okay. So that's... I think that's what we might take. It was dark by then. So and that's what I'm saying. If you, take, if you take the southern one, I mean, basically, well away. I was fighting with the GPS because the GPS between here and there... I didn't know what it was doing. Well, on these sort of weekends, it will come up with something where it's like, okay, we want you to drive most of the way to Annapolis... And then go up. And that is a route, but it'll be like, and you'll save 10 minutes. And you realize halfway through, like, it's not worth it. There's, like, so many traffic lights and things you have to deal with. It's totally unpredictable. I have a question on that. Did you use Waze or your car's GPS? Waze. Oh, no, I don't. So that's interesting because when I was coming back from Gloucester, Massachusetts this summer, Mm -hmm. so obviously it's the basic same route. I was using Waze for the first time because I wasn't in my car. When I'm in my car, I use the car's GPS. I never use Waze. Right. And Waze did the, hey, head over to Annapolis way back. Yeah. And after about 10 minutes, I'm like, this Waze doesn't know what it's talking about. Because I don't know if it was quicker, but it felt a lot longer. Well, that's the thing. Is like, Psychologically, that's like, yeah. Like 10 or, even trip, if it might really be 10 or 15 minutes, I'm like, I, I understand. Like That is not uh, – there's Absol- too much mental stress on that. Not. I'd rather sit in the traffic. And we did – actually, this will come full circle. We'll be talking – well, I think we'll be talking a little bit about pods late, podcasting yes, later Yes, if we on. do this show. But we did – uh, usually special. we listen to holiday music on the way back. Ooh. And then it was <laughs> it was a little bleak. We just weren't getting the, the results we wanted off of the XM. And then so we popped in a, a podcast. Um, um, but I'll, I'll talk about that later on okay vacation. and that actually really brightened up things and it kind of like didn't matter your traffic because you're busy actually actively laughing and having a good time listening to something so all right so we're gonna get to that so yep. let's get on with the rest of the show we have a lot of movie stuff uh, this is our summer movie competition total up scorecard whatever right. show yeah uh, if you do not if you are new to the pod every summer around 
Memorial Day. I had to stop and think for a moment. <laughs> uh, my partner and I preview the summer movies by listening to the trailer, by listening to the trailers or watching and the also trailers. watching yes. them. But only you can. But you can only listen to them when you listen on the. Podcast. But you can watch them on our YouTube site. But but but. We don't just talk about the films. We make predictions as to what is going to occur. Will they be critically acclaimed? Will they make money? And, of course, in classic Eric and Zeph fashion, uh, we do a competition. Uh, Lifetime, I think I'm like two, eight, and one. There was yeah. one year where it was a push. I've won twice. You've creamed me all the other times. You're definitely improving, which I think is really well, mostly I'm de- deteriorating. Like, I'm just getting worse and worse. And that all sounds That things. all sounds like vaguely like a put-down. It, it's just it's said intended to be. Like, okay, well, fair a vague put-down. All right. Um, so, again, um, and unlike prior years, because we're so far into this, prior years, I used to listen back to the two shows because I was adamant that I'd been screwed out of winning too many times by my partner. Right. But I haven't this year, so I'm taking it entirely on faith. So we are going to blast through about 10 movies that we previewed. Again, I will embed it in the in the blog post that accompanies this pod. You can actually go to our YouTube channel and you can watch all the previews again. And I say that, and I'm going to say that, watch them again, because I'm going to come in with a statement before we even start counting. It does appear to me that Hollywood um, sold less <laughs> sold less tickets this year. For sure. So I'm going to presume that many of you out except, there... Except for, you know, the Taylor Swift movie. Right, but of course that's not a summer movie. Yeah, but it wasn't. But a- what I'm saying is I'm, I'm going to offer that for, for you listening out there, here's a whole load of movies that will now be available this time of the year. Yeah. So if nothing else... You are previewing some upcoming holiday That's right, viewing. The holiday viewing, as we have said, we've right. said this before that you know you're getting together with family and everybody's trying to figure out a movie. This may be useful, or you can just go back to listen to the the predictions. Or, because unlike or, last or year, this, whatever, I, whatever yeah, I, last year I made a big hoo ha out of the fact that I felt like I'd watched about seventy percent of the films last summer. Mm-hmm. This summer, I'm looking at the list. <laughs> not the case. I've watched I, any of these, yeah, so I don't, I don't know if they're any good or not. Um, I have not seen any of these movies either. I've seen a movie recently, but but, I have not seen any of these movies. But can I say something? The competition isn't about seeing the movie. The competition is about our predictive powers. Uh, Well, yeah. All right, so here we go. Oh, eight and one. Let's get straight into it. The first movie on the docket was Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. I'm going to hit you some facts, and then my partner's going to decipher his notes. Oh, yeah, only, only because I see at the top of the list, I only got five movies before I get to that. Maybe your order is different. Oh, so, so, we jump so what, 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 why don't we do it? You no, tell no, me. You, no, don't be one of those people. I, you call Spider out Spider-Man I had first on the list. Oh, I didn't even have that on the list. Yeah, that's Did I predict, Oh, it's because it was the cartoon and we kind of didn't count it, but it, we sort of like, yeah, right. yeah, okay, we'll predict it So anyway. we don't know what happened, but uh, we had the same exact prediction. Yeah, so it's a wise Critical fighting, so it's it's a, a not result. It, okay. Um I have Transformers. Come on, let's do it. Transformers: Rise of Beasts. Yeah, we we actually know different. Uh, I said critically failure, financial success. You said critical failure and financial failure. All right, so let me see. Transformers: Rise of the Beasts. It's oh, I'm I'm, I'm sorry. We have multiple spreadsheets going this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, its budget was 195. It only took in in the U.S. box office, which is what we count against budget. We don't count the full worldwide. 156 million, and its Rotten Tomatoes score is 52%, which makes it a splat. So, by our standard, this movie was a double bomb. So, yeah, so double you, p- bomb. you pick up a point because I said financial sales, so that's a plus. Plus one. 
plus one Z. Plus one. I'm going all the way this year. Yeah. I can feel it already. All right. Try, and the less said about, and again, can I just share with everyone out there, in rapidly putting together some of this information prior to the show, I had lost track of how many Transformers movies there had been. Yeah. I did not realize this was number six. It's amazing to me. Number six. So anyway, there you go, Transformers. Uh, what's the next one that you've got there? Uh, Flash. The, the, the Flash? I guess the, yes, Flash. the Flash. The Flash grossed $108 million against a budget of $220. Uh, but this... it scored 63% on Rotten Tomatoes. So it is a hit by Rotten Tomatoes standard. Yeah, so we both said that. So that's a, that's a push there. And you once again, you said financial failure, and uh, I, that's said, what it is, I yeah. said success. And so once again, just like Transformers. Now, there's a note here in our in my hit me with your notes notepad that says Eric says Zeph is crazy, and I don't know what that's about, but it could be about the fact that um, I thought it was nuts that a movie like that would not at least make back its budget. Well, two twenty isn't even that high. No, and that's an interesting discussion to, point. You know, I, to the greater thing, maybe I'm I've never been a comic book guy. Yeah. So maybe this is with the exception of Batman, which plays on the Christopher Nolan Batman's play on cable quite a lot. And I actually watched, sat through the Robert Pattinson Batman the other week, and I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. it's quite entertaining. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've never been all in on 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 comic book films. I did read something the other day that maybe like apparently, what's the latest Marvel movie that just came out? Is it called The Marvels? Yeah, yeah. And apparently that got panned, and someone was trying to make the case that oh, maybe it's maybe. It is. There's something going on with that. You know, I mean, there's something to be said. I mean, but I don't know. It's not as if like the the movie watching has shifted to something else. Other than again, if you go the the uh, movies about concerts, but uh, but yeah, there's some some tapering in interest in superhero stuff. I'm going to say this here. It grossed it grossed in the U.S. 108, which is less than Transformers. Which is not a comic, which is feels yeah, yeah. comic booky, but it's yeah, not yeah. a comic book property. I don't know if there's any to, anything to be drawn from that, but that is a relatively no low number mm-hmm. for a comic book movie. I know it's DC, and people yeah. out there will get involved in the whole DC Marvel thing. I will not, but I, I just find that interesting. Maybe you know, maybe, maybe there's a what? What's that great French word? Ennui. Mm-hmm. The French word for boredom with the whole thing. Okay. So anyway, that is uh, that is the Flash. What do you have next? Uh, Asteroid City, which I did mean to watch, which is on. Yeah, and I'll watch that. I will watch sure. it. That's, uh... So Asteroid City, um, it grossed twenty eight million over what? its budget of twenty five million. Oh, so yeah. it is a hit, <laughs> and it was also seventy five percent on Rotten Tomatoes, yeah, which is so. which is decent but low. For so Wes I cl- Anderson, I claw one back. So Zeph is plus one. I said I was going to be a dog, which surprised yeah. me. I was wrong. There, there's a no- another one with a note in the margin says rule change, and I think I don't know if it was specific to this. Our big thing. I'm, what I'm surprised you have all those budget numbers. Our big thing we were talking I about. I just got them from the internet while we were preparing for the show. Well, but that at the time we did these, th- remember there was like. Very few had budget information available, and maybe maybe something's happening differently in the when, when that information is coming out time wise. Yeah, because we had talked it. about the fact that our little our system for financial success was a little bit broken because we didn't we have did, the data, and so we were just kind of saying 
we'll just make judgment calls on stuff. And I think so, that's the thing. That's why it's been a bit easier to find budgets now. It's six months after. Like right. again, people, you know, they're willing to say people know where the bodies. You know, succeed. executives know where the bodies are buried, and anyone about to lose his job is busy blaming the other dude for green lighting it. Yeah, I don't know why he would sign off on a budget of six hundred million for this movie. Yeah. So all of a sudden, where where before these films are released, everyone tries to keep it hush hush. Now, after the fact, with people getting executives getting canned and the strike and the whole nine yards, it's all out there in the public domain. Yep. But again, there is something to be said there. Um, a, so that's the first movie now. We've opened with three straight films. That's the first one to actually meet and exceed its budget, obviously because the number is lower. Yeah. But that's sort of counterculture to how we normally think about summer. Yeah, that's kind of funny. Maybe some is changing. The, the, the quote unquote most successful so far is yeah. uh, the the most artsy of the, the most artsy here. indie movie. So the next movie, however, I don't remember what it was. Maggie Moore, Ma- Maggie Moore's. What is what was Maggie Moore's? Maggie Moore's is a John John Ham comedy directed by oh. what's his name Slattery, I think. Yes, and. Oh, I can see her face. And I forgot her name now. She 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 was the writer of Thirty Rock. And she used to be on SNL, the brunette. What's she called? Tina Fey. Tina Fey. Tina. I think Tina Fey was in it, and amongst other people, uh, I I put question marks under the gross because even though I've just gone online and found a budget of fifteen million, if you can Google now and find find any kind of gross for Maggie Moore, when I did the spreadsheet about three weeks ago, I couldn't find the gross for Maggie Moore, and I was even confused if the thing even ended up being released. Yeah. Because I do not remember seeing it in any of the no, cinemas no. in this area, and it was one that I was vaguely curious about watching. But I did find a budget for it a few moments uh, prior to the show of $15 million. I mean, I'm looking at Box Office Mojo. What does that have for it? And it has... When I looked four weeks ago, three weeks ago, there was nothing. Almost like it hadn't been released. It had gone straight to video, in which well, case it so doesn't have a now I'm wondering if it didn't come out, because domestic, I mean, look at this. It says domestic dash nothing, international 85 million, worldwide 85 million, I mean, which is obviously trivial amounts of money, unless that's in... Well, let's put it this way. I think you and I both said it was, was going to be a financial hit. So at fifteen million, yeah, I mean it's a push for us because we go, push, we, we both the did the same, same thing. I think we might stuff, have had a problem if we'd gone so different like, ways. Oh, what happened? I, yes, <laughs> and, I, and I had found that I mean, too. I need mean, to follow that because that, that would be a good holiday watching movie. I think I really liked the um, flat that Fletch Lives movie was on just the other day, and I was like, that that's, uh, that was a good movie. Fletch confesses. Fletch, conf- Fletch confesses. Confess Fletch. Confess Fletch with yeah, John Hamm, who yeah. I actually just started watching the latest series of Fargo. He is in it. John Hamm? John Hamm is in the latest Fargo series. And it is interesting, without giving it too much away, after two episodes, it does feel like it's taken... Whereas the other ones have clearly been in the spirit of Fargo, mm-hmm. this one takes Fargo, takes plots from Coen Brothers movies and, and basically inverts them, quite interestingly. Okay. So you're like, ooh, so they okay. So that coming out and they've got a... And he's also in something another, else. Uh, True Detective coming out where like they're, like it's all weird fantasy stuff or something like that. Oh, it is? I, I don't want to say fantasy, but like some some supernatural Alaska stuff. It's in Alaska with, with, with Jodie Fo- Foster, yeah. yeah. But like, at least to judge by the previews, it seems to be suggesting that. I think like, John Hamm is also one. Do you get Apple, you get Apple TV, right? I do. Do Although, you watch, um, what's the show with Reese Witherspoon? 
Uh, I do not. Uh, good morning, whatever. That okay. Do, do, yeah, I think uh, there's the, a the new, other member of the household does. But I think I, there's a new series of that coming out, and, and John Hamm is in that too. So mm-hmm. John Hamm now stretching his legs well beyond <clears throat> Mad Men. He's been in some good stuff. I he's excellent in the latest Fargo. I enjoyed him too in the Confess Fletch movies, and he yeah. was the perfect. Again, we're of the age where we remember Chevy Chase's Fletch. Yeah, there's whole generations who probably don't, but it's nice. It's, they're not too worse off. No. Um, mm. Can I also say something too? Talking about the original Fletch movies, I only saw this yesterday surfing the internet that Netflix will be releasing next summer a Beverly Hills Cop 4 with, with Eddie me. Murphy. Mm. Yep, and Jerry Buckheim is involved. It's a Netflix production. Apparently, all the original cast are back. So Rosewood, uh, Taggart, all those dudes. What's his name? Who was um, Achmel? That, oh, yeah, that yeah. dude, uh, he's in it. Yeah, yeah, Serge from... Uh, Serge, there you go, Serge. <laughs> and also uh, Jonathan Gordon-Levitt Hewitt is going to be in it. Uh, as sort of the chief sidekick. So I didn't even know they were doing that, and I saw it on the internet yesterday, and apparently they've been filming it. The story was out because they'd released a still from the movie, and Eddie Murphy is still wearing his Detroit Lions jacket, and apparently it's all about... He returns, obviously, to Beverly Hills Cop from Detroit because his daughter is a high-powered California lawyer, and that's as much of the plot as they were releasing. So I thought that was quite interesting. All right. Well, you know, it's just to bring it full circle, in 2024, his movies coming up are... Who's he? Who, Eddie Murphy? John Hamm. Oh, John Hamm. Sorry. Uh, Transformers 1 as Sentinel Prime. Uh, I don't know what that is. Transformers one is if it's like maybe it's a a prequel kind of thing or something. There's no link for it, so it says it's in production. So it might not be. But also, he's doing a Mean Girls. Like, are they doing the Mean Girls the musical? Ah, yes. Okay. Because there was Mean Girls the movie. Then there's Mean Girls the musical, and then they do a film of the musical. Musical, right? Right. All right. That's now the cycle of Hollywood life. Still, Zeff remains plus one. Um, Can I just say, obviously, this was Thanksgiving week, and I did not travel. I was at home alone, and I dipped in and out of the, I think it was FX that were running all the Star Wars movies in a row. Mm -hmm. Can I just say once again, because they wouldn't show it with all the rest of them, but they showed it the night before. I am now I am now hardcore on my position. I know I'm not a hard I'm not as big a fan as you are. Mm-hmm. Rogue One is a seriously underappreciated movie, and frankly, it is the best Star Wars movie. I think it's the I think it is the. I'm not a huge fan of Empire Strikes Back, which I know right. I like it's it. Generally considered to be though. right. So I'm going to say this. I'm going to all you Star Wars loons out there. I'm going to give you Empire Strikes Back, and I'm going to give you the original. So that leaves. Seven other movies. Mm-hmm. Rogue One is better than all the other seven. I I think I'd agree. I mean, like, oddly enough. And apparently George Lucas has gone on record as saying how much he enjoyed that one. Yeah. I don't know if it's, it's just got in a bit. You know, like, I mean, we don't have to get in detail. But the one, the, ironically, I'd watched one of the major complaints. Last night. I'm like, wow, this is a great movie. <laughs> oddly enough, it's like um, one, of the, the, one of the bigger complaints about um, Rogue One was that they tried too hard? Like it's so weird. It's like a backlash to the backlash kind of thing, where basically they tried too hard to be like Star Wars. Well, no, to meet match in like all the stuff at the end with the plans, um, 
go, you know, they it grab the plans, prequel. and it's about how the plans are supposed it's to be It's not given even a prequel. It's the two for hours the before. The, yes. Yes, it leads into the other one that they took too many liberties with that because it didn't really make sense that, like, oh, they totally had him pinned in, and then, like, oh, and they stumble along. Because there's a whole bunch of continuity errors oh, there are. in the sense that, like, when... <clears throat> Leia and gets picked up by Darth Vader later on. Yeah, it's like this whole like, oh no, I don't know anything about this and pursuing in this stuff. And they just had they just had the thing, the ship captivated, you know, captured of course not in the that. end of Rogue oh, One. Okay, no, but I mean, like, it's all these parts that are not really central to the Rogue One plot because it's after they leave the planet and the yeah. people that we actually care about as characters are dying. But they tried to, but I, but I imagine for you. Because I don't care you have less about of a complaint, right? like because I don't care. Exactly right. Like, the whole Skywalker family. That's the, you can that's all the ironic take part a that I'm trying to explain. But yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. so so this criticism has been leveled by Star Wars fans. Yeah, like like Star Wars fans who say like Star Wars fans who are willing to, which most of them are now, willing to criticize like what Disney has done in terms of playing with the the, the plots and continuity and featuring new elements. I don't want to turn this into a Star Wars discussion, so I clearly want yeah, to ask you, because, because you have watched all... You, you have watched some of the other ancillary stuff, like Mandalorian and Andor and some of these I've probably watched everything. Okay. <laughs> so where... Are you as... Would you share in the criticism of Rogue One that other Star Wars fans have? Because me, who doesn't care about any other stuff, just sits there and goes, I really like that movie. So I'm just curious. It's a very mild cure. It's a very Do you very like it as much criticism. as I clearly do? I do. I like like I told you, I told, I, you it. I told you, it's like one of my favorites for sure. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm not unlike your mind. I think as a mature moviegoer. It was a better movie overall and interesting and, and knit in there. I, I guess I'd have some criticism about that piece at the end and like how they were trying to so hard to fit it in directly into the, the next movie. But it's it's like it's not really worth criticizing because that part of it is a throwaway. Like, you know, yeah, like, you it's, it's that's not really where, like, where, like, you're like, okay, style. fine. You put it in there. I mean, that's kind of weak, but it's, but it hardly, it doesn't affect my yeah, appreciation of the movie. Do you think there's some battle line, though, that some hardcore Star Wars fans have, like, because the first movie's so great, which it is, mm-hmm. which it is, which I like a lot, somehow... You can't mess with any. Do you know what I mean? Like if if it was, set, I don't think so because they it get, was set it's not, two years not before Trekkies, the, like you know, like right, it, that's, it's, it's I, much. It becomes a whenever you have these discussions, it becomes much more of a meta thing about okay. like George's weaknesses, George Lucas's weaknesses okay. as a as a writer and producer of the movies on his own. And like, it, it just becomes a big thing about the business of Star Wars. Okay, and like this effort to do these things, and so it's less about. The plots. I mean, like it basically seems the, the the gist of it is the business drives and Georgia Lucas being a weirdo, each one at different points being the major pipe, interfere okay. with how good the movies could be. Um, but uh, yeah. we're going to get back to scoring. But I will say this: Star Wars, those first three movies are great. The three that came before that, that came after that, that are before it, are really terrible. Do you and then talk the about three, the Star then Wars? the three that have just been finished, they're also a train wreck. And the one I like the most is the one that has nothing to do with all of them apart from the plot. Copyright Atlantic. We're going to save like uh, you had sent <laughs> an article on the ho- holiday special. Which yeah, let's save that for Christmas. Save, save that for Christmas. Yeah. Um, that is so. What are we still? What do we have next? <clears throat> we have Indiana, Indiana Jones. Okay, which so will Indiana get me Jones. To where you started, Indiana Jones. Nice. Dial of Destiny. That grossed 174 against a budget of 294. It did though. 
frankly, I think it scored quite well on Rotten Tomatoes because funny, every every review I read seemed to be negative about it. Yeah. It scored 70%, which yeah. in, in the pantheon of summer, at least in the pantheon of the early run of summer movies, that's a pretty high score. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, in a weird way, I mean, that was one I think we talked about at the time that, like, the Crystal Skull one was so bad. Couldn't well, do any worse, could Yeah, it? so I think everybody was like, okay, that's a much better last movie, you know. Yeah. But again, like, as a fan, an Indiana Jones fan, we haven't seen it, and uh, I guess it just wasn't that motivating to go. I think it didn't help, like, the when the reviews came out, they're like, yeah, it's better, but it's, you know, 60, 70%, whatever it is. That's not like glowing. I That's not have, like, you know, 80s and 90s. I have noticed again from watching television, I only picked this up, and I don't know if it's the cable provider. I don't know what it is now. I don't know because I've now noticed that the original Raiders of the Lost Ark is now titled Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, wow. And I'm like, seriously? (laughs) Just leave it. It's Raiders of the Lost Ark, which is still a brilliant movie. It's like, uh, you know, uh, what was the first Rambo movie was First Blood. It was First Blood. It wasn't called Rambo anything. No. And then, but everybody always calls it Rambo First Blood or something now. I mean, I don't know if it's been officially reached. Probably it's not reached that level. So you, once again, you pick up a point on me. um, And again, it's it's all around the financial. All your extra points are like predicting gloom and doom on a financial side um, and so you go to plus two well but I want to say that is because because we're gonna take a quick break and veer off into another cinema discussion like we haven't just done that for five minutes right so so far these were all the June movies it would appear that here in the US people were not getting down to the cinema not like would have been the case I hate using this expression pre-covid but pre-covid I remember there was a time when everything made its money back in the US. Clearly. Yeah. I don't know if this is viewing habits that have changed because of COVID con- combined with, you know, just just the quality of what's coming out in streaming and how now that the strike is finished, so clearly the two big things that was upsetting both the actors and AI, I'm sorry, the actors and the writers was the use of AI, which yeah. we've talked about, but also the fact that the revenue model is very different for streamers and creative people felt that they weren't getting their end of it in the way that 10 years ago, well, here's your gross, this is what you get. You get back on the gross because it's a number that exists. Well, and and the other thing, I mean, and we talked about this before, is maybe basing the stuff off the U.S. market is really a mistake. I mean, from a business perspective, they don't care where the money comes from, right? Like, like, and so, like... No, that's true. You know, if they make their money on a global basis, so, like, maybe maybe next year, like, the, the measure could be... Not just the global, you know, money exceeds the budget, but like a financial success is like a percentage, fifty percent right, over, okay. you know, globally fifty percent yeah. over the thing, you know. Because I don't see the cinema coming back. I, you know, there's not a need for it. Like at this level, I mean, like in, you know, the the. I don't mean that. That sounds very harsh. I don't mean no, that, no. that strongly. It doesn't. It's not going to come back to be the big blockbustery stuff for the things that we think of being blockbustery stuff because you can watch that blockbustery stuff at home. Um, you know, so it, it is hard for me to see because like there's not a veer other than like it like not becoming the movies at all and becoming the concert venue to go see the Taylor Swift show or I something have like that. Yeah, like like other, other than that events. part, like what's what's the veer that the movie business goes to that suddenly makes people show up at the three hundred million dollar level 
Um, there's not a there's not a movie product out there that they could put out that people are like, I've got to go see that at those at those numbers. You and you I got to go to see it in the theaters. Well, by what, the way. You and I had that discussion in that we talked about how like the cinemas were sort of. In, in renovating themselves, they were rebranding themselves as destinations with nice with nice yeah. seats. So the minute you start putting in nice seats, you also you are therefore admitting I ain't worried about is getting many bums on seats. Yeah. Because the cinema that used to have 120 regular seats now only has 65 of the other seats. Yeah. But to your point, I think when we had that discussion, it was the cost of all all the extras. Mm-hmm. And clearly now, well, the cinemas, the cinemas are going to be okay because they've been savvy enough to yeah. sort of rechange right, how right. we make the bulk right, of our right. money. So it was like, in the past. It used to be basically Trouble might be we're out of seats. date in our equation. Right, you know. maybe. Um, so that's the end of June, but yeah. in talking about what we're talking about there in terms of watching movies, why don't we pause for a moment? You sent me an article from the Washington Post uh, today. Can you tell me who the author was? Because like I was confused. The one today is um, what was Anne Hornaday. Anne Hornaday, who's yeah. one of the Washington Post's movie critics, has written an article. Each generation is defined by its movies. Here are fifty-seven that shaped me, and I read it and I thought it was an interesting article. And she basically just sort of. Shouted out a whole load of her favorite films. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was kind I'm of. I'm not mem- having a go at her for that. I'm well, not go it, no, no, but it's kind of memoirish in the sense of like, here's where I was in my headspace at that age, in my teens, and my twenties, and my thirties, and things. And so here's the movies that like I think of when I think of that. T- the movies I went to see. Like oddly enough, there's just a jump into one random spot. I think it's the '90s, '80s, or '90s where she's like, I. She talks about reality 90s, bites. I think. She just sort of stopped watching movies because just. That was what she was into, really, you know, and it didn't fit in there. And um, but uh, you know, she kind—it was a little confusing at first because I thought the little the little graphic that they put at the beginning of the article was like. What are the and, and they mentioned the generation stuff and like so the graduate is the sixties and Midnight Cowboys the seventies and Breakfast Club is the eighties and Reality Bites is the nineties and everything everywhere all at once is the two thousands although that doesn't make sense to me because yeah. that's the twenty tens and we skipped over the two thousand aughts but 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 so I thought it was going to be about everybody but it really was she was saying hey that's for everybody and like I'm a person she's between Boomer and Gen X. Um, no, I think she's no, she's no, she's older, older than us. Yeah, no, she's, so she's 16, not Gen X, you know. Like, she's yeah, so she's Gen like X, tail end right. boomer so just not before boomer. Gen X. Yeah. And so, like, so she was talking about what I liked and what would interest her, and she's telling stories about like. Uh, you know the level, what kind of romances were going on and things like that, and how it lined up, and how it lined up with being a professional woman and and things like that. So like broadcast news was a big deal for her as a movie, okay. just because it resonated with her in terms of uh, uh, Holly Hunter's. Holly Hunter, right? Yeah, Holly Hunter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like she's a, the producer with, with her role and yes. all that sort of stuff. So it's interesting, but it, and and it's I think it's right, but it's like you could do this article for so, so many different ask, people and it would come out differently. Well, that's what I'm saying. So let me ask you a question though, because I had an I, because my relationship with films. If you said to me, "Do you remember when you first saw something?" I'd be able to answer that, but when I first saw something, doesn't define that time of my life and that film. Do you know what I mean? And, and and so the question I'm going to ask you is, do you feel there are films that spoke to you when you saw them because of your age or what oh, yeah, generation you're sure. in at your time? Yeah, See, yeah. I don't feel that way about cinema. I'm very different. I don't – something that's very, very personal taste to me, I don't sit there and go – 
oh, well, that, you know, like like one of the films there is The Breakfast Club, right? Yeah. So that is the classic mid-'80s John Hughes. Yeah. We are, we are, we sort of line up vaguely with the age of those characters. Yeah. But it doesn't speak to me in that well, way. Like, I mean, my, my gosh, I was about I, to say, I, it's it interesting. It is very I'm much just, a American high school experience. That's true. And so, yes, like, I, true. I totally make sense that it wouldn't totally resonate with you. It didn't even totally, like, it was, it was one of those ones when you watch it, you're like, well, that's not really like anything real. But, but, but it's still for me, like, it was like, oh, that's. A big deal, you know. But like it, want, felt, it felt like a bunch I will, of those I will say there. this. So we talked about Star Wars. I remember going to see Star Wars. I remember how old I was. I remember where I saw it. I remember the excitement around it. And so, therefore, the original Star Wars, if it's on and we have a conversation, I can speak to a point in my life, right? Mm-hmm. So it's generational in that sense for me. But it is not a film that speaks to me because I was that age. Look, I... I remember the first James Bond movie I saw. It was 1973. It was Live and Let Die. My dad took me to the cinema. My mind was blown away. But I don't think of James Bond as a seven-year-old experience for me. That's how old I was because I'm a man of independent age. Because I keep going now, and I still feel as passionate about going to see it now. So I don't think of James Bond as a generational moment in time, whereas I do for Star Wars. But it's interesting, I, because the movies, and I was going to make this point, we are of the age where we could see, we were right at that age where we would see movies in the cinema, but also we were at that age as teenagers where all of a sudden we were watching films on TV. Like, I still remember the first movie I watched on video. My mom had got hold of a pirated copy <laughs> of E.T., that is the first film that I remember sitting in the house and it goes into the machine. I'm like, man, we're watching a film of our new video. This is going to change how I watch movies. And so what I'm saying is, if you're of our indeterminate middle age, and I think generations that have followed us are easily that way, you can watch anything from anywhere. So what I'm saying is, I don't think, I don't think films resonate to... They resonate with people, but not in terms of some sort of like chart of their life. That's kind of my vague point because well, because it because the time of your life doesn't count anymore. Whereas if you talk to me about music, I would go, yes, those songs. Def- I remember being a teenager and listening to those songs, and it instantly uh, kicks in all these memories about teenage angst. And music, I have that very sort of generational relationship with where you could name bands or albums, and I would go, yes, yes, oh, okay. And it would immediately speak to a time in my life. I don't because have that. Of, because I don't of what have the song's that lyrics were. The lyrics, the sound, what it, it, the memories it, it evokes <clears throat> in me. But cinema doesn't do that with me. Well, I don't okay. know why. And I love so, cinema. I, well, I know why. Because the movies you're talking about aren't, they're not the type of movies she's talking about. Like all of the movies. So that she's, she's just listing great movies, which I agree with. No, 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 no. But she, she's talking about none of these movies are sci-fi, none of these movies are fantasy, none of these movies are, you know, spy, you know, crime things. They're all people movies. Like, like they're all just relationship movies that are um, tied into, you know... The, no, the, no, I, no, 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 I do. I, 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 so, so by definition, she's already put it there. So, like, the question is, like, name, name a movie that isn't, like, a James Bond or, like, whatever it is. Like, you, you just liked... The people in their relationship. So do I see? I, it's not really a big part of your movie, from what I know of your movie watching tastes to watch those movies in the first place. But oh no, it is. 
But I don't what? I don't have that sort of I don't watch anything. I think this is my point about cinema. I love cinema. But I'll watch something and going in, I know what it is and I know what it's speaking to. And it doesn't have to speak to me in a personal way for me to enjoy. Of course, I don't think she's saying that it has to speak to you. She's just saying, like, the things that resonate <clears throat> with different generations are usually tied to that. But I'm just but, but maybe that's my more, gen, more general point is I don't know if films resonate with generations in that way. Oh, I well, I think they do. I mean, See, like, I I, like I don't, I don't have a big thing about like things I love that resonate watching, with me in my thirties. But I, I, I love watching movies from the sixties. Well, sure, I love watching. None of this says you wouldn't like watching the movie. No, no. From but the what 60s. I'm saying is, I love them and I think they're great. But in no way is my experience in watching them diminished in any way because it's not sort of resonating with me personally. Well, I don't think that's any, right? any part but of I the argument that was, here. But I felt that was a bit of a point with but some I, of the things that well, she listed. I, where I thought you were going with all this is that you're also talking about an era where everybody can pick and choose in their videos and now, things yes. like that. Yeah, right. So the point is, yeah, so that's all been watered down. And she makes that point that like it's not clear that there'll be at this point anybody has that kind of thing because – they're not. They're just not even watching movies. You know, like they like they talk about like what what's a, a bunch of a bunch of younger adults who are now like really into watching The Office. Well, you know that's maybe you know they've picked it out. It's a repeat. It's a twenty year old repeat at this yeah, point. No, you're you right. know, like that. I so like, they're picking out that but sort the, of stuff. More, so, I don't. But think the whole so. thing is at that time when we were. It, when we were in our single digits, when we were in our teens, when we were in our twenties. The movie, the movies that were out was, were a more shared cultural experience. And so you're much – just think about how many times we swapped lines around about, you know, various movies. But meanwhile, like, I mean, I, this sounds cheesy, but Animal House resonates with my college life, although it came out 15 years before my college life. But, like, that's the whole thing is you can have that sort of speak to your, speak to your life in that point. Yeah, so it's funny because, again, most of the films that she, she mentioned, so many films, and I'd seen – Pretty much all of them. There are a couple I hadn't seen. Mm -hmm. And yet, I, I think you're right. I think part of it, too, is not being an American. But, again, I, so I'm, you, know, you know, Reality Bites is on the list. And I like Reality Bites. I like the acting. It's funny. But I don't but, – and it speaks of an era, but somehow it doesn't quite speak to me. Whereas, in comparison, a film like Superbad – which is, what, 15, 15, 16 years old now? But it talks about dudes who are, like, the, the, the lead characters are seniors in high school. I watched that movie, and I can see bits of my own, like, it, it rings true to my own experience being that age. Yeah. Let me say that. Like, yeah. just how you are. And how you interact. But don't you, like, like that, that movie was an entertaining, like, the movie she's talking about are, like, I don't know, more serious than that. Like, I mean, I, I agree with you, but I'm like, I, you know, I would never have come out of super bad and been like, oh man, you know, really made me think. <laughs> you know? nah, yeah, maybe. But then the guy, so I'm looking at your computer now and it's open on uh, Royal Tannenbaum. The Royal Tannenbaum's. Great movie. Love it. We'll always watch it when it's on. It's a Wes Anderson movie. That's my first take is that this is yeah, some I, I don't movie. know. I don't I, know. Again, why. I just, I don't know. I think, you know, again, there were some other films on our list. 
I mean, I, I get it. I I kind of got the point, but I didn't entirely agree with it. But not. It's odd. But it, what the article did make me do was sort of reconsider my own relationship with pop culture in terms of these stages in my life. Mm-hmm. Maybe and maybe I was sort of missing her point entirely. I don't know. I don't know. You're nodding like I was missing a point. Well, uh, like but, if you can, but if you're going to headline your article each generation, then well, at some moment there's a, there has to be a hook. But between the graphic and the titling, as as most people know, or maybe I think most people know, like newspaper titles and things like that, they don't get picked by the author. Like the author writes no, an I article. Get that. I get that too. And then somebody goes, well, nobody's going to read that if you're like, here's my personal experience with 57 movies. And so like saying it, each generation is defined by its movies. Here are my 50, 57 that shape me. I mean, it's kind of weird for a title anyway, but the... Uh, well, that was the thing. I, and, and then I'm almost like, ooh, I I don't know. You know, the, I, the, almost, I, I almost feel like she... I think I, I... I'm not having a go at the author. Mm-hmm. She should have maybe challenged a bit more, and it would have been much better to have run a series of articles and go, the, the 90s for me well, are defined by these movies, this is why. I also, or the 80s are defined for me by these movies, this is why. Because then you do. She shouts out two movies from the 80s that are chalk and cheese, that, that John Hughes comedy and Spike Lee's to do the right thing. Right. But they are both of that period in time and speak to that period in time. And if you live through that period of time, then you've got an you've got an emotional reaction and an opinion to both sets of to both right. to both films. And that's not, and then there's a discussion. Well, this is this is moving a field from the movie piece, but like one of the things about the post, and now I've forgotten what the second article because I. No, some I read today in the in the paper, the 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 Washington Post is is, is dying. No, it's it's it. I mean, it's not making money the same. Like the New York Times now makes money, and what Washington Post is like, they're redesigning a lot of the way they approach being a newspaper with with an I think an eye on the New York Times. Like even the fact that like now the different sections have different fonts, both online and both in the print version, and they're striving for pieces that will draw eyes the way the post the Times does. That includes, by the way, like they've upgraded all their food and recipe stuff to like they're trying to again compete with Times makes money. They've added the puzzle. They've done all these things that the Times has reinvented itself. New York Times has reinvented itself. There are two, and they're trying to pull those yeah. things in. And I think, I think probably successfully. But this article may fit in the ilk of. Okay, listen, I, it's not I, I news. Get, get it's not really it. movie thing. It's it's the kind of stuff that if you're going to get eyes on a website, yeah, no, you I need I to have like that. Kind I of entirely thing. agree. And it's interesting. I listened to a great thing. I was in the car yesterday, early morning, and I can't remember what show it was on NPR. And they were talking for about forty-five minutes. They were discussing. They were discussing modern, modern media. They were discussing the New York Times, uh, modern media, modern journalism. They mm-hmm. talked about the New York Times. They talked about Deadspin. They talked about Defector, and it was interesting. It was a great discussion. I was on my way to to Lowe's to do some home, mm. get some home supplies, but I was driving and listening, and it was fascinating to hear about the New York Times and how the New York Times has finally got around to realizing that its future is dependent on changing or or re or or re or or reimagining its footprint. Yeah. And I mean that very generous. And I've always said this and and I'd, I'd agree with you. There are two newspapers that are doing a much better job of being in the modern world 
than the rest of them. The one's the New York Times and the other one is the London Guardian. Those two have always been on the cutting edge about their relationship with their readers. Well, you what know, it's you very different. Pay for, the Guardian, get, Guardian is every time you go there is pleading to give you money, and the Times like you don't get to see it unless you pay for this money. No, and so <laughs> the Guardian, but the Guardian does have a level where you pay and you can yeah. get even more. Yeah. But it's interesting how, you know, the Post, you do kind of feel is playing catch up. Yeah, with a couple of others who are already doing it better. I mean, but I think there should the be general. room for it. Like, and sure. so, like, I think they'll they'll get there. But it's kind of interesting. I think right. we'll come we'll come back because actually the other articles to me kind of fits the same thing, although totally much lighter. We'll come, we'll come back to that yeah. uh, at the back end right. of the show. Let us get back to scoring. Am I uh, the, seven? Is less than next on my list? I'm winning right now, though. I know yeah, that. You're, I'm, you're, I'm, you're I'm plus two, two. You're plus two. So can I hold on? This is now the moment. The second half, we're trying to desperately hold on to a lead. Uh, again, my lifetime record is two nine and two, or something in there. Uh, Mission Impossible. This surprised me, mm-hmm. but I had read this a couple of weeks ago somewhere else. That industry, Mission Impossible cost two ninety one. Its U.S. gross was one seventy two, yeah. and apparently, a lot of executives of Paramount are tearing out their hair. And still not quite because it was reviewed at ninety six percent. Oh yeah, like super duper. Like how did how did this movie not make? How did this movie not make money? (laughs) And there was a lot of discussion about the film. They were trying to make the case that the second one has now been delayed. Its release was supposed to be next year. It's now been pushed back a year. I forgot. It's a two parter. The journalist was attempting to tie. The reporter was attempting to tie that decision with together with the financials. I just find it interesting. On the back of Top Gun Maverick, that yeah. but remember it was a year ago. We're sitting there reading all these headlines. Tom Cruise has just saved Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Yet his next go around didn't make money in the U.S. and it wasn't close by a third. Yeah, I, I uh, surprised so me. So I, I financially, I, I set a financial down. Um, so I did pick up. Another did you get, Did you say that? Yeah. Well, gosh, good for you. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm. Well, but it means that each of us has basically made our hay on either side by predicting bad financial th- things. Well, we both said <laughs> we, did. We both say it'd be critically well regarded. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because here's the interesting thing. If you put that film in front of me and said, okay, Zeph, with everything that you know, make your prediction, I would still go financial. Yeah, I think I'm astounded. Like, by I have this. a little note. I have that 290 million underneath, and I think I was like, that's just too much money. Like, that's, that's interesting. Just, that's that you just a that. really, like, I'd, I probably thought, uh, it'll get close, but 290 million. Because I was sitting there going, no, Top Gun, a gazillion, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. gazillions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah, didn't, didn't do it. And I'm surprised because yep. by all accounts, a very good film. Yep. Uh, next one. Next, <laughs> next, the next, the next two, like, there's no, like, I mean, <laughs> Can I stop for a minute and go upstairs and get a slice of humble pie? Yeah, well, both clearly, of us. <laughs> Barbie. We, we both said double bomb, critical financial down, and I Could, mean, couldn't have been any Barbie's more budget was 145 It is the biggest movie of the year domestically yeah, yeah. at six thirty-five. Yeah. My goodness. Wrong, 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 wrong. No, no gains Huge. between the two of us. But I, to be fair. And to it us. was a. Co- and, <laughs> okay, so we've just come off talking about films and generations. We, Is there a part of me where I'm now going to say that there's a whole load of people a certain age who are going to look back on the summer of Barbie? I mean, it got. It, out of control. Well, Never done anything like it. Yeah. I mean, again, to be fair to us. Um, we do. Well, this. we're not that demographic. <laughs> we, well, no, not just that. I mean, because I mean, I'll eventually see it, and I probably will be like, "Oh, that's a different movie than I expected." Like what we saw 
you know, we were making that prediction ahead of time. And now if it, it, like, based on the trailer, and it was hard to figure out why is anybody going to see a Barbie movie? It doesn't fit any whole. And it, as it turns out, I mean, we probably should have given more credit to Greta Gerwig for directing and said, okay, she, I mean, she wouldn't I, do it if it's not. I, but I, I think we might have even had that conversation I, to the effect of like, I listen, don't disagree. even good directors get drafted into I like doing disagree. something yeah. stupid. And, and so we both thought like, I, it was impossible to see looking at that, what it would be that would either be critically well rev- reviewed or, um, but that's that's the trailers, you know. That's you did it on the trailers, and and like uh, one thing I will say, from a viral, still there's not a very good movie. To be honest <laughs> with you. From a viral, there's still nothing about it. Where and I'll well, go and there was a that. there was a there was a backlash to the people saying it was good and all this sort of stuff. But what they totally did, which we probably this is financially, we should have probably thought about this more, was it was already like worming its way into so much stuff like culturally like how it was coming and even if you knew it was going to be bad you're like still a bunch of people are probably it just insinuated itself i am going and to had a marketing plan this. that was marketing program that was you know i remember like when we were google's page was like a barbie page and like all these like internet-based promotions and things that were getting people there that uh, we, we, we probably should have been more aware of, particularly because their budget was not very high and so you would have thought you know, okay, they could make that money. Why can't they make that money? There does come a moment where it doesn't really matter, does it work as a piece of art, right? Yep. So I'm going to say that statement because, again, I know for me personally, when 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 we play this game, and we've been playing this for over a decade, I look at it in terms of that one hour, 50 minutes, or two and a half hours, I try and evaluate it on that. I will say this about Barbie, and I'm trying to think of another film that invaded the public consciousness in the way that one did. I do not think we... The only other film that I can think back is Jurassic Park, where it just took over, and all Mm -hmm. of a sudden there were basketball teams being called dinosaurs. (laughs) And (laughs) the the Arsenal mascot is a dinosaur. Are you kidding me? All on the back of that film that just, just goes beyond what you see in the cinema... I don't think... A lot of that was technology, though, because we we got to see something on the screen that nobody thought they would see. But but it doesn't matter. Between Jurassic Park and Barbie, I cannot think of another film. There have been loads of smash hits. I'm talking about the film that just goes beyond where everyone's talking about it because you're worried. If you're not talking... You don't have to see it. You just have to be able to talk about it. Mm -hmm. I... I give it a credit. Yeah, yeah. I still don't know if it's any good or not, although it got 88%. Yeah. which, Which, interestingly, is... It's less than Mission Impossible. Yeah, so on a very right, critical right. basis, yeah, yeah, exactly. there's quite a reviews out, yeah. reviews out there going, what are saying all that? Yeah. It's, well, I, so I, I don't know. I we don't know can, what to we, say. we can make it up for the fact that, like, although it was kind of easy, Oppenheimer was a critical and financial success, and we both said the same thing. What yep. was, what are the, I see, I'm looking at the numbers here. That was 100 They had only had $100 that's amazing million dollar to budget. Me. Yeah, that's like what they did. That's and they made three times that budget, and yep. it was a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. So and uh, we both said up, up, didn't we? Yeah. Still yeah. haven't seen it, actually. Can you yeah, well, that? that was, and I will say, so I haven't seen it because yet. it's long. I'm waiting for it to hit streaming. Yeah, I actually made a conscious decision not to go to the cinema because yeah. I'm like, no, I'm you know, I, be we mad went to see uh, Killers of the Flower Moon recently, and we I got to use the the Run P oh, app. Run P app. Now I was, but I can't it ask you to be nervous because I'm like, you don't know because you'll never know what you missed. No, I, well, no, you, you haven't. Have you used the app? It tells you exactly what you missed. 
But what I'm saying is, do you feel like you missed anything? No, no. Okay. In fact, in fact, uh, like it was so convenient. Like I was half the amount of time that they allotted for the break. What happens if the, you? What the, the thing if that if threw if me the off only about break it was an like early the toilet break th- that it buzzes <laughs> for you. Like because oh, there's God. there's a version of the ad, like there's a setting where like it will buzz in your pocket thirty seconds before <laughs> you know the scene is going to come up where it's there. Oh. But I was not. I wasn't wholly confident that I was getting. So I did kind of like have to peek at the. Did phone you? A couple did of you times. run? Did you like no, sort of man, walk quickly to the bathroom, or did you go? Oh, I've it's got bang. a good ninety seconds. Yeah. All right, fair enough. Um, uh, next film, The Meg Two. Yeah. <laughs> so, so this bad boy got twenty twenty eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, so which, trickled down each. We both said, which know. still surprised me that the score was that badly. Um, it made eighty two million off of a budget of. 185. So I do not believe there's going to be a Meg 3. Unless we both got that wrong. Unless it, yeah, I I thought it would would do better, actually. You know, like, I I mean, that that 180, you know, seems like a lot of money, obviously, but it's like. Not compared to some other things, yeah. Yeah, Exactly. And I figured if you're green. And the first one made the money, right? Well, yeah, so if you're green lighting this, then you kind of know what your your basement is. Uh, Gran Turismo, the. Movie based on a video game, 65% Rotten Tomatoes, so it just makes it across the line. Mm-hmm. Its U.S. gross was 43 and a half. It only just actually missed its budget in the U.S. Its budget was $60 million, Yeah. which actually goes to show that's actually... So here's the thing. So you said critical down. Yeah, so you I'm lose one, one there. Lose one but you said financial down. I said financial success because that number didn't look that big. So that's a wash. We well, both pick up a point. Right, exactly. but overall, yeah, it's yeah, a wash. Yeah, yeah. Don't the, 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 let me. I'm just going to say this now, as we get in towards the climax. Don't try and undo me with some sort of sleight of hand. No, no. I thought you were about to throw me a bone there, where like, oh, it's financially pretty close to the. the uh, no, thing, I'm, I'm you know, two so. nine and I'm two nine and one. And that was that was a bones. movie like I'm. Um, I don't know. I mean, sixty five is not. Well, that I'm, I'm going to say this horrible, to you. you if know, it, like, it's not horror, if it if it came that close to its on its U.S. gross, it's probably going to do pretty well overseas. I we've just talked about the Meg. And I forget. And the thing is, he doing F one. What what cars was he driving? I think it's. Is it no? It's a uh, like world. Um, like Le Mans. I think it's Le Mans racing. Yeah, okay. I think it's Grand. Yeah. Here's the thing. Because F one kind of picked up a lot of cultural steam this summer. Well, because Brad Pitt's making an F one movie. Well, okay, but I mean, so, no, no, but I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah so the cultural. What I'm is. saying is, Meg two got made because Meg one made enough money. I can easily see there being a Gran Turismo 2. Right. Because on these numbers alone, without knowing what it made yeah, abroad, yeah. the thing's probably made some money. Again, so someone thing, somewhere is going into F1, a bunch of people go see. Green light the Gran Turismo 2 script. Mm-hmm. Let's get that right, out right. as rapidly as possible. Global money is probably yes. well over that. So Next one was another one of these comic book movies, comic book I'd never even heard of. Blue uh, Beetle. Blue Beetle. Uh, it's, it made $72 million on, on a, a budget 104. of 104. It was... Quite well regarded, though, it's 78%. I picked up a point here. I said financial down. Oh, no, you said financial down also. It was, it, was, it was better reviewed than The Flash. Is Blue Beetle DC or Marvel? Do you know? I think it's Marvel, isn't it? I think they so. They both did one each over the summer, didn't mm-hmm. they? Um, it was better reviewed than The Flash. Yeah. And I'm not getting involved in the great DC Marvel debate. I don't have an opinion. Well, I mean, like, the, one of the things about this one is, is a Latino protagonist, a hero, transformer type of person and um i think you know it, that's a smart play i'm actually now that i look at the numbers a little surprised but maybe uh, i don't know enough about the latino going to movies culture you know is it is it actually that big of a deal or do they uh 
maybe maybe it's one that I don't think it's, I mean, for video. I, I, can I say this right now? Looking at the numbers, it don't seem to be anyone's culture here yeah. in the U.S. at yeah. the moment. The numbers in general, films have not gone anywhere near the standard that we have always artificially applied to all. Uh, one film left. Strays the. This is like the dirty, the vulgar. The, the vulgar, yeah. It made twenty three million off a budget of forty six. So frankly, well, we were both second, wrong because we second, said it would be financially successful. Let's remove Maggie Moore's because we still have, don't really know what happened there. Uh, Strays had the second lowest budget of the summer. A film that was promoted quite hard, but people just weren't biting. Yeah, um, financially. Oh, well, and it's also 54% on Rotten Tomatoes, right, so, so there's your general right there. explanation that uh, if something's not well-reviewed, then people aren't going to well, go. Well, Zeph comes home with a one-point win. Oh, my gosh. I'm mm-hmm. now 3, 9, and 1. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Hey, you know the, the, the thing the, I, the, I meant the, to the, mention the, is the Oppenheimer thing? Yes. I, you know, I think... You'd have to say Oppenheimer in part succeeded because of Barbie. And I know it was kind of a joke of going to see Barbenheimer, like, oh, we could see both movies because they were just so different in terms of their look and feel and what it was. But I think the the buzz, That's actually the buzz really of mentioning Oppenheimer in the same sentence as Barbie routinely had a whole bunch of people going like, well, I'm not going to go see Barbie, but I'll go see Oppenheimer. Or I'd like to see them both. And, you know, like, this will be a nice mixture of things. As it's a hot you side said, and cold side. As kind soon of as you said that, I was actually going to disagree with you. But you know something? That's a really, really yeah, good if it, point. If it had been in isolation in a month, we might not have gotten would it have level done of tension. Well? Like, I mean, I, we both thought it would do well enough. I mean, it's still a, uh, I'm like blanking well, but again, on, on though, the director's I, well, name. But let's be real honest, though. It made three times its, it's, it made three times its budget, but it's a long film yeah. in a summer where it is clear people were not going. Because yeah. if you're not going to see Tom Cruise just a year removed from going 17 times to watch Top Gun Maverick to a film just as well reviewed, I, I think you make a case. And, and I want to sit there and be you you do wonder how accessible is Oppenheimer to what we traditionally think of as the summer movie audience. Yeah. So, right. At least with Dunkirk, the dudes are going to go. It's a war movie. So the the teenagers are all going to go because it's a war movie. Yeah. No, that's why Oppenheimer Oppenheimer. was a big ask. And yeah, yeah, you you make a good case there. I don't want to, I don't want to detract from it because I haven't seen it and I'm sure I'm going to love it. But yeah, you're right. The conventional wisdom is don't open the same week as something else, but it opened the same time as that also tells me that maybe there were some movie executives who weren't too sure how the doll movie was going to do. Yeah. Right? In a strange way, Barbie was the one that wanted to jump in the same week as Oppenheimer. Right? Mm -hmm. Because, again, if it was on its own, maybe people were concerned that it might not. Yeah. I don't think too many people saw Barbie coming. Yep. So can we do? Did we do best of the summers? <laughs> yeah, biggest biggest movie of the summer. Uh, my prediction was Indiana Jones, and yours was MI Seven, and neither was obviously the biggest of the summer because the biggest, for sure, people had already pick it up was Barbie. Indiana and, and Jones, second biggest was Oppenheimer. Indiana Jones did outdo. Mission I know. I was going to say like, by a couple I, of minutes. Like, it's it's interesting. Like yeah. two, two million dollars. But uh, so those, those are both losers in terms of the biggest. old has been now, star. The number to the slightly younger thought he wasn't a has been starred, but maybe he is. Now, I mean, now, thankfully, number two and the next thing that I predicted do not count in the point totals. Okay. Um, but uh, I had number two is MI seven, and you had number two is Oppenheimer. But I, but I can't. Re- my note here says, but in real 
life something else. I can't remember what real okay. something something else. But in any event, so you were closing the mark in the sense that Oppenheimer was the second. Don't try muddy the waters in hindsight with some sort of like it's a big vision. My last prediction, which I have marked here, was like, well, you know, Marvel, the Marvels are going to beat everything. And that has not happened. So I'm gonna. So that's the thing. Then, if if there's a takeaway from this, then then obviously at this summer, the, the the question has to be, well, who did the worst? Would you make a case that maybe Marvel slash comic books are in trouble, or am I sitting there going, you have to? You have to. I mean, like every single one of them. If it, none of them, I should say, made their money, you know, and um, and unfortunately, and none of them like attracted a cultural thing. Now they're all. Everybody's waiting on Deadpool, the next Deadpool movie to come out because Ryan Reynolds right. is like such a. You know, he's all over the place and everybody loves him and everything like that. So that may... Kind of big, I'm getting a bit tired of him. I hope, Rex, I hope Rexham get relegated. I keep saying that all the time in the house. I'm done with that well, show and I'm done with it. In any event, uh, he's... he's uh, so that people are certainly banking on that potentially being a turning point, but... So who's the biggest loser of the summer then? Is it is it the comic book movies? Yeah, I'm no, going to so. make the case. I'm going to make so. the case. He's not yet a loser. All of a sudden, there is a slight question mark over Tom Cruise. A slight question mark over Tom Cruise. Yeah. Harrison Ford gets a pass because he's an 80-year-old man. I mean, maybe we should call Tom Cruise, you know, MI7, a super superhero movie. You know, so maybe it's kind of the same So thing. I'm just curious, is Tom Cruise, the fact that there's all this noise, this sort of subtext noise around the next part two of Dead Reckoning getting yeah. pushed back and it didn't make its money back in the U.S., Again, Harrison Ford gets a free pass because it was one last time around. Right, right. Was, this was this was this was, song this was bringing him back to the stage for one big go around. But no one is sitting around going, "Can we hang our next franchise on Harrison Ford?" Whereas only a year ago, it was Tom Cruise is is the is is the superstar for another generation. Yet all of a sudden, a year later, people aren't so sure. Mm-hmm. The movie was ninety six percent looked great in the trailers. I, I almost went myself. Yeah, and I don't. I'll watch those movies, but I'm not like, ooh, Mission Impossible. Yeah. But I'm almost like, you know, I might get down to watch that. Yeah. I Surprise. Surprise, surprise. Yep. Yeah. And right, spe- so, speaking of that, like... Because, all right, so let's move on. Well, it's, you well, know, like the, the, the other article that I had sent yes. from, from the Post was, uh, um, was like, basically it was a weekend. Michael O'Sullivan, their other main critic, had put together a piece that was all about everything that was coming up in the holiday season, which, of course, you know, like we could practically have a... You know that's now maybe bigger. I mean, like it'd be interesting to compare. Like, okay, what are, the, what are these movies make? You know, in, in the holiday, we've got for sure. I mean, like, so Napoleon's out, and oh, the friend of mine's seen that. He says it's great. <laughs> so, like, I mean, like, literally, the the entire thing about Napoleon is like. Well, I should say, I should say the thing. I've read more articles about what Ma- Napoleon. Means historically than the movie, like like, it's all this, like oh how so I went to see it in France and what is blah, it blah, kind blah, of thing blah, and like and a bunch of yeah, things about Joaquin like, Phoenix and how he doesn't like he doesn't do anybody other than this character, which yeah. is like uh, they're kind of good. I mean, he is good at it, but it's really the same guy all the time. And at some level, I'm of um, the opinion that Ridley Scott has not made a very good movie in a while. That's my opinion, even though I did kind of sit through the Martian the other night. I had at home while I was doing stuff, and I'm like, yeah, it's a pretty good movie. But yeah. I'm like other. Than a couple of touches, yeah. Then the, I'm uh, like, it's not really really Scott. Movie, other movies, know. leave the world behind. Uh, I think it's out already, but it's coming out on Netflix on December eighth. Which is okay. uh, if your if your family wants to watch something that's got a lot of uh, racial tensions and things like that. But it's it's all tied to like an end of the world type of type of like illness or some yeah. We sort just of saw it, didn't we? In that movie, bombed. What was that one? The M Night Shyamalan movie. 
the strangers at the door or something. Oh, and that yeah, made yeah, yeah. No, well, this bucks. isn't like his fit. Like, okay, the, the right. notion here that is that it, it puts two couples that, together yeah, okay, and it creates right. these tensions. Right. It's got uh, Ethan Hawke. It's actually partly, I think it's produced by the uh, um, Barack and Michelle Obama. Yeah, so I read that, yeah, in the article. So you got Napoleon, Napoleon Saltburn, which is... Everyone in my house is talking about that. Saltburn? Yeah, I wonder if I don't really get it. It's like some weird... Is it some weird... Something to do with a guy at Oxford University and... Some other chat. Yeah, I, I can't tell from this what it's Good really cast, about. though. Barry Keown is in it, who you, you soon as you Rosamund see. Rosamund Pike, and she's Rosamund always done Pike, weird. Yeah. Um, then we got Wish, which is an animated movie, so I'm just going to skip over it. All right. Maestro, which is the Bradley Cooper. Apparently, as, there seemed to be a lot of, there's yeah. been a lot of uh, uh, controversy over his prosthetic nose. Well, but I'm like, if, it, well, if I'm supposed to make him look like that, then right. that's what you wear. And the family of Leonard Bernstein, because, well, the, the thing is with the nose, like it has all these connotations. But apparently, they said he had a big nose. Right, right. Well, that's the fact is that, and his, her, his, I should say, uh, Leonard Bernstein's family came out and said, no, he would have. This, this is right, and we, we do not care. Can I say something? About but here's the next movie that's going to oh. make a bunch of it. Renaissance, a film by Beyonce, which is not. It's not the same as the Taylor Swift movie. The Taylor Swift movie is just a concert. This is like more of a thing going on. But apparently, the advanced ticket sales are through the roof for this. So yeah. again, maybe this is the next wave of uh, of movie going. Poor things, which I saw some pre- like you. Might, you know, this is by the guy who did the Lobster and some of the weird. Yeah, weird I'm going to watch that. I yeah. do like his movies. Yeah, like so, like it's um. Emma Stone, who seems to be in a lot of movies right now, Killing like it's one of those like years, yeah, it's all this one, yeah. stuff. Go- so anyway, but uh, she's in there in like some sort of like reanimated, full size adult person, Could but with like a brain yeah, yeah. rot kind of thing and some odd. Good cast, William Dafoe, yeah. who I love, you know, Wonka uh, with Timothy Chalamet, oh. a, a prequel type thing. Hugh Grant as just, an Oompa Loompa. Just done with the whole Willy Wonka. I I mean yeah, yeah, just, I. I think well. I think this could be better. It sure, it sure has to be better than the last one. The Johnny Depp one. Johnny Depp thing. But like, uh, who knows what what's gonna it's happen? Interesting with in that. it. What that was Johnny Depp and what's his name? Uh, Tim, Tim Burton. Oh, and you yeah, sit yeah. and you think Johnny Depp, Tim Burton, Willy Wonka. How could any of it go wrong? And it's not a very good movie. Yeah, yeah. So, but um, and Timothy Chalamet. I'm, I'm looking forward to the. Isn't the second Dune movie coming out this winter? I think it's been delayed because of the strike. There was a lot going on, but it's, I think it's supposed to be coming soon. Like a lot of release dates have been shoved around now because they've got to make sure they've got coverage. Because if, if you if you haven't made anything, you don't have anything to come in behind something, and you don't have anything to sell when you put Dune in the theaters, yeah, for example. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm hearing they might be shunting these dates around because, again, movies exist to sell tickets, but they also exist to sell tickets to other movies. Right. That's the reality. That's the business, which maybe the business has to change. Look, all of us strangers, which is <laughs> the line is a, a supernatural romance. But apparently somebody goes back to their childhood home and like some people live there who look like his parents. Okay. It's a little confusing, but maybe interesting American fiction, which has got, um, Jeffrey, man, Wright, Jeffrey Wright, who and, I love. Uh, yeah. Big fans of uh, Tracy Ellis Ross and some other folks there. I don't, I think it's, I don't know, I actually know what it's about, but I'm going to skip over it. It's got some connection to Watchmen. Oh, really? The series, no, the, Watchmen. No, the, the, the no. director did Watchmen. Yeah, the series, yeah. No, no, which was okay, great, yes. by the way. Which I've still not watched. Yeah, but, you know, coming back to the superheroes, Aquaman <laughs> and the Lost Kingdom. Yeah, the Jason Momoa. They've already got him Financial out. down. Like, he's already in SNL. Like, are they really going to work this thing? I, I think the they may Critical think. down, financial down. They, there you go. I'm just throwing it in there. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, he's 
pretty popular. Well, we'll this, see. But but I mean, as the champion, I get to throw it about for a year. We Critical should go down financial down. No, just, just write that down there. Yeah. Talking of the champion, I, as in a quick but aside, boys in the oh, boat is in the uh, in the list for George Clooney. Yep, George Clooney read the book. Um, Book's very good. Book's very good. There's a new do, new version of Color Purple. It's a Color Purple new musical. Ferrari, December tw- comes out on Christmas with. I Adam thought Driver. that had already been out. Like it was a streaming property. I was confused by the whole oh, Ferrari I mean, thing. I not. thought it was out. Anyway, it's coming out. I'm sure you'll like it. It's got cars. Yeah. Um, Occupied City. That's some sort of documentary. Yeah. Steve McQueen. All right. Not that Steve McQueen. Um. So we've done. We're done an hour. Again, yeah. So maybe we'll save the other thing about podcast and yeah, because we're, we're going to do a slightly different Christmas special. We're going to talk about ourselves if we're going to talk podcasting, right? Yeah, we'll there'll be a little about, bit of a meta to it. So, like, okay, we're yeah. going to do that. We're also going to have some. I, I think we're pretty much set. We're going to we're going to be previewing, reviewing some Christmas beers, and depending on the time, some other things at Christmas. We're going to pick some things that maybe one should avoid at Christmas. Yeah. So, um, speak, I'll, I'll just jump in. We can do this quickly. Like, uh, no, so take your New time. Year, New Year's uh, resolutions. We haven't, been, we haven't had a show in like six weeks. I think <laughs> our right. fans want us to hang That's about. That's true, yeah. Um, New Year's resolution, uh, you know, we usually do. And yes. We're not up to New Year's yet, but because I'm going to – this is – I'm calling New Year's resolution. But no, it's just, do it. It's a Throw plan it for the coming year anyway. And Ever we'll probably since, start in the holidays. Can I, can I stop you for a moment? Ever since I came through on mine – I think you felt pressure to come through on one of yours. So that's why now it's not even December mm. and you're talking New Year's really resolutions. Pressure. There's no pressure at all. all right. uh, Going to watch all of the Martin Scorsese movies. Like all, all, all his fiction all movies. Not sorry, well, not sorry, documentary. I, I'll probably watch documentaries too, but like there's a few that are off the edge and shorts and stuff like that. I'm trying to think like what I've not seen of his because I go pretty deep with Scorsese. I've yeah. seen. I've and seen, I've seen, obviously, but I want to see them all again. Like, cause they're, because are you going to just watch in, them or are you going to watch them in order? Or is, anything, uh, is there anything to other than I'm just going to watch them? I think, ad, well, there is the extra element is. Um, a number of people, because of Killers of the Flower Moon coming out, were like, oh, here's the definitive ranking of all of his movies. And, and so, like, um, we're just going to watch the movies, and myself and the other member of the household are going to watch them and just keep slotting them in places on a list and be like, okay, that okay. was better than these, That's and good. try to figure out where they fit. So we'll come up with the rankings overall. I will be interested to see. I'm going to just throw this at you, and I don't – spoiler. I think his most underrated movie is The King of Comedy. Mm-hmm. I think his most overrated movie, that doesn't mean I don't think it's not an enjoyable movie, his most overrated movie is The Departed. Well, I, I might already agree with you on that last So point. I, I, That's a great a movie. Of, I was having some discussion with people, right? I'm like, I, so I'm just throwing, just a, I'm just going to throw those out there. <laughs> but um, but here's the thing that's bugging me a little what bit. What would be interesting is, are there, is there any movie where you go... <laughs> I'm, I'm sure there's a, a, I think there's a couple like, um, what is it, New York Stories, and there's like a musical. I, I mix up. There's New York oh, there Stories and New York, New York, or something. There's two different movies with, I mean, there's a lot of movies. I think New, got York, with New York, New York is title. him. Manhattan is Woody Allen. Yeah. Uh, but the um, but here's the one thing is like all these places with the lists, nobody seems to agree how many movies he's done. Like, and so one will be like, here's here's all 27 movies ranked. And oh, then so somebody else like is his, like, like here's all 26 movies ranked, you know? Like <laughs> his music documentaries, you're not going to count them, although right, I might watch watch them. There That's anyway, some great but, watching um, in there. But like they're all as my mom like, would say. So Collider has it as all. Uh, wow, you're gonna watch all Scorsese's. But like uh, you know, it's, uh, 27 for Collider. Rolling Stones has 25 or six for some reason. Oh no, it has 32. Wow, probably means it's got the documentaries in there. 
Um, actually, you know, if I was going to say a more overrated than Departed might be um, Gangs in New York, but the um, I've never seen it because I don't do period stuff. Yeah, I mean, and I have no intention period. of ever watching it. It's Martin Scorsese. All right, I, it's interesting. I just not because I, I, you know, I like Daniel Day Lewis. I love DiCaprio. Yeah, because I sat through Shutter Island, which is so, Scorsese. Yep. So that's the plan for for interesting. That you know what? There. Can I talk just in terms of just getting lost watching movies? Obviously, because I was home alone over the holiday. I by the way, preview this because we'll have other members of the of the extended household over the holidays, and so now I'm prepared to oh, basically be yeah. like, "Hey, pick any of these Scorsese movies." Assuming, by the way, they're all streaming, and I can't imagine they aren't somewhere. You know. So, I, so mm-hmm. I'm now going to posit a theory on you from 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 watching some TV over films on TV over the Thanksgiving holiday. I've told you where I stand on Rogue One. Um, everyone always says Godfather 2 is better than Godfather 1. The worst thing about Godfather 2 is the fact that it stops the flashback. And that, for me, makes it a less interesting movie than Godfather 1. Look, they're both better than Godfather 2. So you like that thing where they reorder it? No, I just, I like, I get, no, I don't like that either because I don't think that's just not right. But I don't, the, the narrative of, uh, Mike Al Pacino and everything in what is it 62 63 is so compelling and maybe it becomes even more compelling when you've already seen it and you know what's going to happen I just feel that the cutaways that are still excellent and I understand the point they're making but it robs it robs the narrative of its momentum I just like I, I don't. I, know. You're not. You're I, not wrong. I mean, when you think about I, it, I think. I, I, I just, think. I think I'm not that, saying it makes it a bad movie. It's a great movie. That might be something. But that I find with the passage of time, make yeah, like, maybe because like you've seen it so many of, times. Yeah, like so you want to get to the other bit, right? And right. so you're like, oh, and I almost sat there like, ooh, now's a good time to go and do some stuff because this bit, great, uh, Robert De Niro, blah 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 blah. This is going to last about 15 minutes. Let me let's see the score of the game, right. Type thing. Yeah. I and I, I felt that way. Whereas Godfather. One, and again, I just you can you can go one day of the week and one's better than the other one. Godfather One just tells its story. Yeah, you know. Well, and you, you know, always and again, I because I, I did my deep dive on Wikipedia. I, I'm always I don't hate the third Godfather, which has been renamed. Apparently, it's now officially the Godfather Coda: The Death of uh, Michael Corleone, because he does die at the end. Spoiler. Just sitting in the Coda garden. isn't the reordering thing? No, no. That's the new name, but they changed it about three years ago. Yeah, and so again, when I watch Godfather 3, which I still enjoy, and Andy Gussie is a lot better in it than he, than I thought at the time, and I'm like, it's just, it's always a shame that Robert Duval's not in it because yeah. it may have been an even better movie to put them. But well, and Sofia Coppola, excellent director and all that stuff now. Pretty bad actress. Not, not much of an actress. Pretty so bad that, actress, yeah. A downer. But, 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 you know, in a strange way, a pretty bad actress, but... When compared to Al Pacino clearly chewing furniture at every opportunity, yes, 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 I'm yeah. like, what is bad? And then there's kind of not doing a great job. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, I just suddenly realized that watching Godfather 2 again, I'm like, ooh, flashing back to 1927 for 15 minutes. And you're right. Maybe it's because when you've seen it many, many times, you just want to... Because to me, the story is still... It is still... From a narrative perspective, it is still Michael Corleone's story for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, for me, I, I think that's right. I mean, like, yeah, and for so sure. we're getting in the way of Michael Corleone's story. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I wouldn't disagree that. 
I just interesting. I just the, the classic oh well the two is even better kind of thing. It is a little bit like the Empire Strikes Back versus Star, the original Star Wars in the sense that the original Star Wars and the original Godfather were the, were a knit fully knit piece and it went through its whole yeah. thing. And then the next one, they're like, we're going to make it a little bit more complicated. And it, it's really some of that is makes it is more Empire interesting. Is a better but, movie than the original Star Wars for you? I don't think so. I mean, I th- I just just you know like the thing is if they just ended at one, like maybe it's better because then you saw the ones that follow and now that you go, okay, now I'm I'm judging amongst nine movies or originally three movies and then you know like and you could say okay, that's the best of them now when you look at the level of technical pieces and plot and things like that. But I I, I never I remember when I watched it in the movie in the theaters, I was like, what the hell is this with? Not with ending a movie with a cliffhanger. Like, I, that is rude. Like yes. and, and, like, even yes. even regular series now don't do, do, do that. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Like, you, you make it. I was like, it's not, you can't, you can't, like, that's that's one thing. I say, okay, how can you really say it's a great movie when it's incomplete? That's very true. Like, like it's not like it had an ending like a normal movie. It, it's really, you should only judge it as a part of two and three together. And so that's three had the Ewok, so it automatically is worse. Yeah, so that's the thing. So I always think the first Star Wars is better. Yeah, I agree. I'm not, I'm not saying the Empire's bad, yeah, but yeah. conventional wisdom always is that's better. But I'm but, like, well. But I think there's yeah. something, it's not exactly the same, but like the Godfather 2 thing where they said like, oh, man, now everybody loves me. I can, I, can, I can build in the story. I can bring in another super-duper actor and have all this stuff. But really, you're right. I'm going to tell you it's what. It's not needed. I'm going to compare two movies and tell you what one is better. Raiders of the Lost Ark is a much better movie than Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the <laughs> right, Lost Ark. Right, right. Just the title. That movie. other movie sucks, yeah, let yeah, me yeah, tell yeah. you, compared yeah. to the first yeah. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. Uh, anything else on films? Once again, the champion now 3 9 and 1, well, I, I mean, think. Along- a one point win. I'm just not getting ahead of ourselves here. I hey. probably covered the spread. I probably covered the spread. What, 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 what you, you, shouldn't you be giving me like seven points or something? No, no. I mean, I'm. Clearly, I was two I'm clearly nine worse. and one. It's not based on your historical performance. It's based on like your your current level of expertise. My current level. Of expertise All right, we'll be back with Christmas. Down. We're gonna have a packed Christmas. We're gonna flesh out some meta discussions about pods and podcasting yep. and the Atlantic Voice and the whole nine yards. And I, I suspect a little bit we might be spoilering big news. I don't know. I don't know. I, don't know. I, don't know. I might put it out there. Yeah, yeah. We're also gonna. We're also gonna. I'm gonna begin the collecting some some uh, Christmas brews. Oh yes, we're gonna have. A It'd be beer. interesting to see how yeah. they are because I'm sure the thing with the Christmas brews is gonna have all kinds of stuff describing what it is. Yeah. yeah. So we'll be able to to compare it yeah. against its own. I'll description. have to start collecting. I, I I had some some things that'll be Christmas brew liable. I think it's got. I think Thanksgiving. So, so. I'm go, I'm I'm gonna set these parameters. It must be marketed as either Christmas or winter. Winter, yeah. yeah. Right, so that's winter. Fine. But again, and I think that's been it. This All has right. been the Iron Voice Podcast. I'm Zef. I'm Eric. Take care. You've just enjoyed Eric and Zef on the Atlantic Voice Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Atlantic underscore voice. You can find the show at Libsyn.com, iTunes, and of course at AtlanticVoice.net. Email us at AtlanticVoice at gmail.com. And now on YouTube. Search for The Atlantic Voice. The Atlantic Voice, 3,000 miles of opinion.